Welcome to a special bonus podcast of To Be a Christian, the Anglican Catechism in a Year. Today we are reading the preface to the Catechism which was penned by the Most Reverend Foley Beach, the current Archbishop of the ACNA, and the Most Reverend Robert Duncan, the Archbishop from 2009 to 2014. Let's begin. The Preface Why an Anglican Catechism? Anglicans are heirs of a rich tradition of Christian faith and life. That tradition stretches from today's worldwide Anglican communion of millions of believers on six continents back centuries to laymen like William Wilberforce, who led the abolition of the slave trade in England, to the bishops and martyrs of the English Reformation like Thomas Cranmer, and to missionaries like Augustine of Canterbury and St. Patrick, who spread the gospel throughout the British Isles. Throughout these centuries, Anglicans have articulated their faith in reference to classic sources of doctrine and worship. All true doctrine, Anglicans believe, is derived from Holy Scripture, which is the wellspring and ground for testing all that is taught in the Church. St. Paul instructs the Church, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Further, Article 6 of the Articles of Religion states, Whatever is not read therein, nor may be proved thereby, is not to be required of any man that it should be believed as an article of the faith. The Early Church Anglicans have always held in high regard such teachings of the ancient fathers and councils of the Church as are agreeable to the Scriptures, and which are summarized in the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. The Articles of Religion in 1571 The Articles, also known as the 39 Articles, summarize the biblical faith recovered at the Reformation and have become the doctrinal norm for Anglicans around the world. The King James Bible in 1611 The translation of the Bible into English, begun in the 16th century by William Tyndale, achieved its classic form in the 1611 translation under King James I, and remains the basis for many modern versions including the Revised Standard Version and the English Standard Version. In keeping with the principles of the English Reformation that promote worship and language that people understand, Articles of Religion 24, the Bible has been translated into many languages. Anglican Christianity has now spread to encompass people of many races and languages all over the world. The Book of Common Prayer, 1549 through 1662. The Anglican Prayer Book is known worldwide as one of the finest expressions of Christian prayer and worship. The 1662 prayer book is predominantly composed of scriptures formulated into prayer. It has been the standard for Anglican doctrine, discipline, and worship, and for subsequent revisions in many languages. Music and Hymnody Hymns from writers like Isaac Watts, Charles Wesley, John Mason Neal, and Graham Kendrick have formed the spirituality of English-speaking Anglicans around the world. Today, composers in many languages continue in this powerful tradition of catechesis through music. The Lambeth Quadrilateral. Resolution 2 of the Lambeth Conference in 1888 affirmed four marks of church identity required for genuine unity and fellowship. These are the Holy Scriptures containing all things necessary for salvation, the Apostles and Nicene Creeds as sufficient statements of the Christian faith, two sacraments ordained by Christ, baptism and the Eucharist, and the historic episcopate locally adapted. These serve as the basis of Anglican identity as well as instruments for ecumenical dialogue with other church traditions. The Jerusalem Declaration in 2008 This statement from the Global Anglican Futures Conference in 2008 has become the theological basis for the global fellowship of confessing Anglicans 
of which the Anglican Church in North America is a part. In keeping with this rich, diverse, and historic tradition of doctrine and worship, we receive this catechism and commend its use for the buildup of the Church today. We envision this catechism being used for courses, shorter or longer, based on groups of questions and answers. The degree to which it is used directly for instruction and the amount of memorization asked of individual catechumens are left to the catechist to determine by context and circumstance. What is more, the resources of modern technology open up multiple possibilities for its use in creative new ways. A catechism is ideally to be used in the context of a relationship between the catechist, the discipleship instructor, and the catechumen, the one being instructed, to foster the process of catechesis, disciple-making. The catechumen is invited by the catechist to a new identity in Christ and into a new community, to praise of God's glory, to the practice of stewardship, and to the sharing in the ministry of making disciples of all nations. Building on the 2014 working edition of the catechism, this edition, approved in 2018, has been enriched by feedback from hundreds of laypersons, clergy, bishops, and the theologians of the church. This input helped create a catechism we trust will be useful, especially for those raised with limited exposure to the Christian faith. We give thanks for the sacrificial work and scholarship of those listed below who have served the church in the creation of the two editions of this catechism. We pray that this book will be an effective instrument to the disciple believers in the truth of the gospel so that they may serve Jesus Christ throughout the world. May this catechism serve to build up the body of Christ by grounding Christian believers in the gospel. On behalf of the College Bishops of the Anglican Church in North America, the Most Reverend Foley Beach, Archbishop and Primate, the Most Reverend Robert Duncan, Archbishop and Primate from 2009 to 2014.